Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. Well, good morning. You know what this reminds me of? I have deja vu. When I was running for student officer, and I had to get up in front of the whole student body, and that it was a big high school, 5A. And, and so what I did was I took my contacts out. So I wasn't quite as nervous then, but today I have my contacts in, so pray for me. Um, anyhow, so good morning again, and Happy New Year. Happy 2020. I am so excited about 2020 and this decade. You see, the Lord is saying to you that this will be your finest days. This will be the greatest days of your life. And that's something to get excited about, isn't it? And this message is going to have a part of that because in God's plan, we play a role. And so I'll go there in a minute, but um, Tracy had asked me, oh, maybe 10, 11 days ago, will you speak? And I knew instantly that I was supposed to accept the invitation because that very morning I had a message from the Lord and I had a message in a dream. Now, I'm not one to dream, but I know that God does speak to his people in dreams. You see, a third of the Bible is about stories where God the Father is speaking to his children in dreams and visions. He's giving them instructions and sometimes he's giving them warnings. So I had this dream, and uh, oh, and you know, we sleep about a third of our lives. Isn't that interesting? So um, I'm going to share this dream, and don't worry, it's a short dream, but you need to hear the dream so you know where we're going. So in this dream, I'm walking past this bookcase, and there was only three books in the bookcase. And then I realized, oh, I have not seen those books or touch those books in a long time. It's like I had forgotten about them. And I knew the books were in a series of other teaching training books. And then I noticed, oh, two of the books were audiobooks, and only one was a written book. And so then I started worrying, oh dear, oh no, what if this is a library book? I'm going to have a huge fine. And immediately beside each book, was a series of numbers. And so I saw the numbers and I was like, $55.11, oh my. And I started calculating calculating that in my head. And before I completed the calculation, I realized, oh, that's not a dollar sign there. That's not a cent sign. That's a colon, a colon between the 55 and the 11, much like what you would see in a digital time clock or a scripture reference. And then I heard the voice of the Lord in my dream, and he said, Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah. And so throughout the rest of the night, I kept hearing Isaiah. I don't think the Lord gave me a very good night's sleep that night. (laughs) So when I woke up in the morning, I was a good Christian girl, right? And I was going to run to my Bible, and the Lord said to me, this is important, before I got to my Bible, because I had no idea what was in 5511. And So he said, Sharon, when I repeat a matter, it's important. I know that concept, but he was reminding me, when when you see something repetitively or you hear something repetitively, the Lord is saying, focus on this. I'm speaking loud and clear, and this is very important in this time. 
So let's go there. We're going to go to 5511. And actually, we're going to back up. And this is in the message translation. And I'm not going to read the whole scripture of 5510. I'm going to start in the middle. So this is how it goes. Just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom, producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry. So will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. Selah. Let's read that again. The words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They will do the work I sent them to do, and they'll complete the assignment I gave them. Well, immediately I had the interpretation. And this is what the Lord is saying. And this message wasn't just for me. It's for the body of Christ. And he was saying, Sharon, the body of Christ needs to go back to this teaching that they have shelved. They need to dust it off. And you see, they shelved it because of misuse. It was a very, very popular teaching many decades ago. The teaching? The teaching is about praying God's word out loud. Speaking and proclaiming and declaring his words out loud. Very simple teaching. And I knew that the Lord was emphasizing this because the dream had two audiobooks. Audiobooks are spoken. And it's interesting also that the Jewish rabbis know this principle because for centuries they have been praying the word of God out loud. Every day they do it without fail because they know, they realize, and they understand the power of praying God's word. And then the Lord said, 2 Chronicles 2020. Are we not in 2020? Believe my prophets and you shall prosper. Isaiah is a prophet. Embrace Isaiah's words. Act on Isaiah's words. And you will prosper in your spirit. You will prosper in your soul. And you will prosper in your body. And the Lord is saying in this hour that he has been, he's giving us all, every one of us, greater authority to pray his word out loud. As his glory falls in this decade, it's going to land, it's going to come upon our words and we, we speak these words are going to transform society if we will. It will transform our lives. It will transform our families' lives. And it will transform this nation. The Lord wants us to use His Word like never before. And yet, it's going to be so powerful when we speak His Word. We have to have the fear of God because we can speak death as well. There's life and death and the power of the tongue. And the Lord told me, He said, this generation... You that I'm speaking to you, you on live stream, that your words, your prayers are going to have more effect than any other saint that has walked this earth. Hallelujah. That is something to get excited about. So I'm going to calm down here. <laughs> and I, I love to hear great teachings, but oftentimes we don't get the opportunity to share how to apply it to your life, you know? So you walk away, you're, you're pumped up, you're excited. But how do you 
use this on a daily basis. What does this look like? I'm a practical person, so today I'm going to share a story, a God story, how I applied this in my life. And some of you have heard this story again, and I apologize, but you know what? It's a God story. So we should never get tired of God's stories. So many, many years ago, I um, had my second baby, and it was a girl, a blonde, blue-eyed girl. Her name is Candace. And seven days after she was born, we got a report that she had an incurable disease. And this disease was called PKU. Have you ever heard of that? PKU was a genetic disorder in her liver. So her body could metabolize protein. Matter of fact, her body couldn't uh, metabolize any more than two grams of protein a day. So if she ate in excess of that, what would happen? The protein would go and attack her brain cells and would cause her to be mentally challenged, slow, have seizures, and even possibly die. Okay, I was pretty devastated. And then the doctors told me, you know, you can monitor this, but she can't have any meat. She can't have any turkey. She can't have any cheese. She can't have any fish. She can't have any chicken. She can't have any beans. She can't have peanut butter. She can't have ice cream. She can't have a slice of bread because most bread has more than two grams of protein. That's her daily intake. Almost everything, even green beans, has protein in it. And so Candace had a special formula they made for her so that she could grow. And I want to tell you that that formula did not taste good, nor did it smell good. Did it, Lindsay? Mallory? It was horrible. They accidentally drank it one time. And uh, it was cousin to vomit, really. And she was such a, such a trooper. And so, you know, I had to monitor this diet, and, you know, they said it was never-ending. There was no options but God. Let me tell you, there was nothing I could do but follow the doctor's instructions because she would have this disease for the rest of her life. So I was pretty blue and downcast and crying and squalling and bawling all the time. And then it occurred to me, oh, wait a minute. I serve a God that heals. He healed me. I wasn't supposed to be able to have kids. All I have to do is take her to the altar. I went to sojourn at that time, had the elders of the church anoint her with the oil, and she'll recover, right? That's what the Bible says. All right, game on. So I go do the, that very thing. Now, all week long, I've been crying, right? And we get down to the altar, and they start praying for her, and I start laughing. I had so much joy. I was giddy. I was so excited because I knew God was doing something. And then I heard the Lord speak, and he said, I'm the God that healeth thee. <gasps> She's healed. So I couldn't wait to get her to the doctor. We ran those tests, and guess what? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. She still had the disease. Well, I didn't understand. What, Lord, you told me you healed her. And so I kept praying and praying and praying, and I thought, okay, the Lord's given me a word that he's healed her, so maybe I should just be a woman of faith and, and feed her, Right? So I went to the pastor. I went to spiritual leaders. What do I do? Nothing. I mean, they would not have any expression, no counsel. And I, I wasn't getting any advice. And then I couldn't hear it thunder. I couldn't get a, an instruction from the Lord. So I'm up, 
late one night praying again and praying and crying out to God and saying, Lord, just speak to me. Do something. i got to know what I'm supposed to do. And you told me she's healed. Lord, is she really healed? Lord, just send somebody from Africa to tell me she's healed. Well, do you know what? The Lord hears those off-the-cuff prayers. So 18 months later, I'm at Sojourn, and it's a Sunday night service, and we had a guest speaker from Africa. Well, I forgot about that prayer, you know. And uh, so I never heard of this guy. He just got off the boat, you know. And so I'm there um, in the back uh, of the of the service and this guy was amazing like he had people's names and then he was calling out different diseases and ailments and he was having them line up in the front and I thought well that's pretty good but you know I don't trust him because I never heard of this guy his name was Kim Clement um and then he said oh I, I keep hearing somebody here you need prayer for a young child and I was like seriously Lord that's pretty vague. You can do better than that. Lord, you know it's the liver. You can pinpoint the exact problem. I'm not going down there for that one. So then he continues his words of knowledge, and then he comes back to it again, and he said, okay, there's somebody here. Come on down. You need prayer for a young child. There's something in the stomach area. Well, I really didn't want to go down there, but my spiritual mom gave me the look, and so I, I agreed to go down there, and I'm standing up front, and I just, I felt so desperate. Like, I would do anything to see her healed. I'd run around this church five times. I'd stand on my head. But this word is not for me, Lord. This is such a stretch. And the Lord said, if you sit down, you're going to miss your word. Yes, sir. So I'm standing there waiting for him to come to me. And when he finally got there, he said, do you need prayer for a young child? And I was like, whoa, pretty good, right? And, but I'm not telling him anything because he's the man of God and he hears God really well, right? And he said, is a child yours? Is a child here? How's a child? And then he said, what's the problem? And then we had to stare down. And he looks at me and I look at him and he looks at me and I look at him. And I just have to tell you guys, I don't do well with silence. So some people say silence is golden, but not for me. So I finally broke silence, and I rubbed my tummy, and I said, you said something in the stomach area. And he said, okay, well, let's pray. So he put his hand on, his, on my head, and then he said, from birth, from birth, the devil endeavored to steal the joy of the Lord at birth. And then I just lost it. I just started crying and crying and crying because only God the Father knew how much I had cried. And so I opened my heart up to him. And the Bible says that if you receive a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. Now I'm ready to receive the reward of the word of my life. And then he said, the Lord is performing a miracle. The Lord is performing a miracle in the liver. And the whole church went, woo, like that. <laughs> Go and rejoice, for she will do great and mighty things for the Lord. Isn't that awesome? I promise you I didn't tell him that it was a girl. So I'm walking away, and my friends are jumping up and down and hugging me, and the pastor's still spinning in a circle. And, and I mean, the whole church had been praying for two years, two solid years for her. 
And so it was a victory for all of us. But immediately the devil comes to steal the word. Do you know what happened? I heard this. You dingbat. You told him it was the liver when you rubbed your tummy. Oh, my gosh, I don't know. I do dingy things sometimes. I don't know. Oh, yeah, he just wants to look like the man of God so he can get some big offerings. He's a charlatan, and all this stuff was going through my head, and I was so confused. And my friends are wondering, what's wrong with you? You just got the most incredible word, and you're like in a stupor. So I'm in the back of the church now. I walked all the way back to my seat. And he's, Kim Clement had no idea I was walking in doubt and unbelief. He was ministering. He called a few more people out. And then suddenly he stops in the service and he said, who's Candace? Who's Candace? Who's Candace? And I was, I'm telling you, I was in so much of a funk, you know, like such a stupor that I couldn't even move. So my girlfriends had to turn me around and help me back down the aisle. And then he saw me coming and he starts laughing. And he said, obviously the Lord isn't through yet. Come on down. It's a good word. <laughs> so I come down and I have all of this on cassette tape. If you're doubting a word, I've memorized it. Okay. And so I come down and he said, Candace will be a very bright child. Now the disease said she would be dumb seriously done, very low IQ. That was the enemy's report, but God's report was that she would be very bright, and Candace will be extremely prophetic, and Candace will sing to multitudes, and you will be such a proud mom. And I was so elated now. I mean, I, I, knew, I knew God had spoken that day, and isn't he wonderful merciful for doubting Thomas here. I've never heard of anybody getting two words in one night like that, but the Lord helped me out. So I'm super excited. All right, here it is. She's healed. It's a miracle. The way he spoke was present tense. So I go to the doctor. I get the blood test done. Nothing. No change. I was, I was so confused again. I didn't understand it. And then I could relate to Abraham. Abraham, you're going to be the father of nations. Really, Lord? I don't have any kids. And that's kind of how I felt. You're telling me it's a miracle, her liver's healed, but the test results are not proving that. So I'm trying to be that woman of faith and walk it out, you know, and stand and pray and pray and fast and all these things for her healing. Because again, I had no other option. I really had no other option. And so then about two years later after Kim Clement, then I'm watching TBN because I'm trying to encourage myself in the Lord, right? So I'm folding clothes and this Pentecostal pastor gets up and he points at the TV screen and he said, and God has a word for you. I don't care what your situation is, but God has a word for you. He has a specific word for your situation out of his living word. And then he'd hold the Bible up. And I wanted to go turn the TV off because I'm like, Lord, there is no PKU in the Bible. There's no, no PKU. There no, there's nothing in the Bible that applies to my situation. And you know what the Lord said? Go get your King James Bible. 
Well, I had to go dust that one off because I don't use that one very much. So I went and got, got it. And, you know, what do you do with your Bible? You do Bible roulette, right? So I just let it open up. And I let it open up. And then I looked down and the scripture leaped off the page. And it was just like I locked into this one scripture. It was Acts 27, 34. And it reads like this. Take this meat, for it will be health to your body. Take this meat, for it will be health to your body. Candace can take meat, and it will be healthy to her body. It will not damage her body. It will not damage her brain cells. She will be healthy in every area, every area of her body. And then not a hair of her head will be damaged. That's the second part of the scripture. Not one brain cell. So I had to repent. I had to get on my knees and repent to the Lord for being sassy. So now I have another promise from the Lord. All right, let's go get the test done. Not a zip, nothing, no change. So I'm trying not to be discouraged, but he keeps promising me, you know? He keeps throwing me a bone, right? And so now, uh, another couple more years go by, and I'm working at this job, and I'm sitting next to these spiritual heavyweights, you know? Those that, um, those people that, you know, never, they've had miracles and healings and their daughters never get sick, that kind of thing. And they really got tired of hearing me ask them to pray for her. So one day the lady shows up with these tapes and there were these, uh, tapes by Kenneth Hagan. Has anybody ever heard of him? And, Oh, I loved him. Y'all, he's from McKinney. I could so identify with him. My grandparents hung out there and lived up there. And, and anyhow, so Kenneth Hagin, I think he was raised Baptist, but he wasn't expected to live. Like he had two or three incurable diseases, and he, they already had the tombstone picked out. He wasn't supposed to live past the age of 18, but God showed him in his word how to believe for healing. And do you know God rose him up out of that sick bed? And I don't know that that man was ever sick a day in his life. And when he went home to be with the Lord, he fell asleep at the dinner table. He did not die from sickness. So I was really paying attention to his teaching. And this man was balanced because he was a man of the word. But yet he was a man of the spirit. And he was a man of prayer. And before he had meetings, he would literally pray for days. And he would pray oftentimes mainly in the spirit. And because of his discipline, because of his pursuit of the Lord and his faithfulness, he had numerous encounters with Jesus. And several times Jesus appeared to him and showed him more tips, more secrets, more of the mysteries about healing. And about having faith. And so the, one of the main scriptures that was, I guess, the foundational scripture to Kenneth Hagin's teaching, we're going to go there right now, is Mark eleven twenty three twenty four, 24. And I think it's the New King James Version. And so this is, Jesus spoke to Kenneth Hagin. He said, this is a passage I want you to read. And when you read it, I want you to count how many times I'm telling the believer to say says and how many times I'm telling the believer to believe. I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, that's one, be thou removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, 
but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things ye ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. So if you count this, I mean, technically there's five says in there. But Jesus is saying what he's instructing the believer to do. He's telling the believer three times to say and two times to believe. So the saying is more important than the believing. Just like my dream, it matches my dream. The saying, the speaking, the audio is more important. The Lord is really emphasizing this. And so then I knew where I was missing it. I knew that I was praying amiss because I was begging God. I was pleading God, please heal Candace. And I was not being a believer. I was not taking the authority of a believer and speaking God's word and saying God's word to see the healing come to pass. And I was acting like an orphan, like we, we sang about this morning. I wasn't acting like a child of God, a woman of faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? So I understood what the Lord was saying. Get my word. Get my promises in my scripture. And I want you to start praying this out loud. And I want you to start doing this on a regular basis. Well, the word is life and health to all your flesh, right? And it's God's medicine. So, hey, I took it three times a day. I did it morning, noon, and night. And I'll tell you, honestly, I really felt like I was lying sometimes. Because when I'm confessing, I'm saying, thank you, uh, thank you, Jesus, that by your stripes, Candace was healed. And the tests were saying she wasn't healed. So see why I was struggling with that? But the more I did it, the more I said what God said, the more I started believing it. And it was like my spirit was growing, my faith was growing, and I finally got to the point where I just knew without a shadow of a doubt that Candace was healed. You couldn't talk me out of it. I felt like a little spiritual giant, you know? And then the Lord gave me a word. The Lord gave me a word, and he said, feed her. Now, before, I kept asking the Lord for a word, but I never did it. I never, I, got, I never got a word to feed her, okay? And if I had stepped out and just fed her, then I would have been operating a presumption, okay? That's a sin. We need to get a word from God, instructions. And I had a word now, and he said, feed her. So, all right. I've been wanting to feed her a hamburger. Every time I got a word, I was like, can I give her a hamburger, Lord? And so we went and gave her a hamburger. Went and had the test done. It was good. It looked really, really good. Okay, was that a fluke? We need to do it one more time. Well, of course. We got to test it out on Luby's fried chicken. And I, I just have to tell it's the most precious story. But for time's sake, I'm not going to tell you that story about how she ate that chicken. She didn't know which piece to eat, with the bone or the skin or the, you know, because she'd never had chicken. So anyhow, so fed her the chicken, and she devoured that, and then did the test. And the test showed. The test proved that she was healed. It proved. It was a miracle. It was an absolute miracle. 
You know, and I look back and I realized that God was waiting on me the whole time. Because, you know, Jesus isn't going to go back and get on that cross ever again to die not only for our sins, but for our sicknesses. Because by his stripes, by that scourging, we were healed. And he's not going to do it over. He's already done it. So he was waiting for me to take action. And if I had never engaged in this type of prayer, Candace would still have that disease. And many of God's people are suffering today because they do not know how to use this principle. Um, so anyhow, for those that, are, that like one, two, three bullet points and all that, I just want to recap how I prayed. You see, I had different words from the Lord. I had the audible word that I heard at the altar, that, that still small voice, the Lord's sweet words to me. I am the God that healeth Candace. And so I would thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God that has healeth Candace, that healed Candace, healed Candace. And then I would pray the word that I got from the prophet. So those are God words. He's just using a vessel. So I thank the Lord that he performed a miracle in her liver. Hallelujah. And then I prayed the specific word. And I want to challenge you with that. Whatever you're going through, ask the Lord for a word. Ask him to give you um, a word in his living word for your situation and start standing on that, but pray it out loud. So I thank you, Lord, that Candace can eat meat and it is health to her body and not a hair on her head, not one brain cell shall be damaged. That's how I pray. And then I went and got all these healing scriptures. And so whatever your situation is, go get the scriptures on that and start praying those out loud. Now, I know that we've done teaching like this in the past. Um, like I spoke on finances. Tracy's spoken on finances for using it for finances. And um, I had one on children and how to raise godly children. But the Lord is saying at this time, in this season, he wants us to use this for every area of our lives and for our nation. Even for this election, the Lord is wanting us to use the sword of the Spirit, which is the only offensive weapon that we have. He wants us to be on the offense now and to be engaged. He's expecting us. He's waiting on us. He wants us to go into the earth with our prayers and cause transformation. So the Lord is saying, be a prophet of your own future. He's also saying there's a miracle in your mouth. I'm going to pull that scripture up. Your marvelous words are miracles. I can't read the rest of it. No wonder I long to obey everything you say. I didn't write that part down. But your marvelous words are miracles. The Lord's even saying his words are miracles. Put them in your mouth, okay? Now, in my dream, one last thing, and we're wrapping it up. In my dream, I knew it was going to cost me something. Remember, I was worried about the price. Well, the Lord said, it's not financial. My word is a gift. We need to use it, right? It's a gift. But what it's going to cost you, it's going to cost you time. It's going to take time to do this daily. 
And it's going to take time to see the results. And you can't give up because you might be one day from your miracle. you got to keep pressing in and pressing in. Now, I love show and tell. Do you remember that when you were growing up? So I want everybody to stand up. And so um, we are going to do this all together out loud. All right? And do you have the first slide yet? And then you got to wait. When, when we're done, don't run off, okay? Because I have a gift for you. All right? Um, so let's start. This is the day that the Lord has made. I give thanks and rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. He will never leave me nor forsake me. Great is thy faithfulness. Jesus is the Lord over my spirit, soul, and body. Jesus has been made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I am the body of Christ. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. Because Jesus bore my sickness and carried my disease in his own body. Every organ, every tissue, every system, every cell in my body functions in the perfection in which God created to function. From the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, I declare and decree divine health. I present my body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. For my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost who dwells within me. I am not my own. Therefore, I honor God and bring glory to him in my body. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Jesus was made poor that I through his poverty am rich. For my God supplies all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. There is no lack. I have favor with God. I have favor with man. Everything I put my hand to prospers. All things are possible because I believe. I am a believer, not a doubter. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I hold fast to my confessions of faith. I am diligent, determined, disciplined, vigilant, single-minded, and fully persuaded that God is performing his word in my life as I speak. I walk by faith, not by sight. I walk by truth, not by facts. My faith comes by hearing and hearing myself speaking and speaking the words of God. My eyes are fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. My soul do magnify the Lord. I love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. For the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit, and his love abides in me richly. I am rooted and grounded in agape love. I speak truth in love, for faith worketh by love, and love worketh by faith. I keep myself in the kingdom of light, love, in the work, and the wicked one touches me not. I tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. 
No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against me in judgment I condemn. I cast down all vain imaginations and take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ, aligning my thoughts and words with the words of God. I take the shield of faith and quench every fiery dart that the wicked one brings me. I am delivered from this present evil world. I do not fret nor have anxiety about anything. I am carefree, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. I reside in the kingdom of God's dear Son. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I fear nothing. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of faith, full of power, love, and a sound mind. I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I have the mind of Christ, and I hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. I have an anointing from the Holy One, and I know all things. For the spirit of truth guides me into all truth. God has given unto me all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the exceedingly great and precious promises, exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask, hope, think, dream, or imagine, according to his dunamis power at work in me. God's grace is sufficient. I hear the voice of the good shepherd. I hear my father's voice, and the voice of a stranger I will never follow. I am a world overcomer because I am born of God. I represent the Father and Jesus well. I am his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that I should walk therein. I commit my works unto the Lord. He is causing my thoughts and my words to become agreeable to his will, and so shall my plans be established and succeed. My steps are ordered of the Lord. I let the word of Christ dwell in me richly in all wisdom. I receive with meekness the implanted word which is saving my soul. For he who has begun this good work in me will continue until the day of Christ Jesus. The words that I speak, they are life, for it is true unto me according to the words of God. Hallelujah!